It's really good to be here. Um, when I was listening to um, Sarah talk, and uh, I was thinking about how welcome I've always been made to feel in this church. Uh, there are quite a few Celtic missionaries that over the years have come to work amongst the Anglo-Saxons. Your vicar is one of them. Uh, I'm another. Um, and another still uh, became your Archbishop of Canterbury some years ago. We, we, the Church in Wales lent him to you, and they're receiving him back, actually, in a few months. Uh, but one of the things that Rowan Williams once said about the church that really inspired me was that when, he said, when, when I look at the New Testament, um, I see the church not as some form of holy club, but rather as a space in the world cleared by Jesus in which men and women can be who they most truly are. And I was really struck by that. And in the same way that I'm delighted that children and young people in this parish uh, are able to be who they are here, uh, I feel the same. So thank you so much for the welcome that I always have. One of my favourite prayers is one written by Dag Hammersyold, uh, who famously said, and many of you might know it, uh, for all that has been, thanks. For all that will be, yes. Now, I'm within striking distance, so I wouldn't dare to refer uh, to Debbie as a has-been. <laughs> but as we draw uh, to the end of a ministry, um, like most of you, uh, I, with a very, very heavy heart, uh, will say goodbye to her. Um, because she's been not just an outstanding leader here in the parish, um, but uh, an area dean too. And I felt so blessed coming in and uh, having Debbie's support. Uh, she'll be uh, an enormous loss to me, as I know she will be to you. But I think it's a time to celebrate. It's a time to celebrate uh, the journey that this parish has been on over the last eight and a half years. So often... Um, the chapters in uh, the life and witness of a church are divided into um, incumbencies. And we know from empirical research that leadership uh, is so key to church growth. It's God, of course, who grows the church. But being focused, having a strong vision, and somebody who can hold that vision before the church is so key. And I just want to take this opportunity this evening to pay tribute uh, to Debbie. There will be time for you to do that, um, but it'll probably be the only occasion I get in the parish uh, to say an enormous thanks from uh, me. I've only had the privilege of being alongside Debbie for 18 months, um, but the wider on behalf of the wider diocese. I also want to say thanks to you because um, I think this is an amazing church. Um, it's significant that just very occasionally, uh, very occasionally, I get, I find myself with, um, not on rota on a Sunday. Um, and the last time it happened, uh, I just thought, where do I want to be this morning? I know, I'll pop down to Wanish. And I think, again, that's a sense of the, of the welcome that is very tangible here. But I've been hugely inspired by your mission and your ministry. And it's in relation to that that I think the second part of Dag Hammersyold's prayer is really significant. For all that will be, yes. Um, I remember, in a similar situation from Debbie, leaving a parish at a really exciting time. 
And I know that her message, as mine, will be one that says, you know, we want you to reach to the future um, with a sense of uh, anticipation and excitement. That would be true for Debbie. Um, and I know that the Diocese of Winchester will be enormously blessed, as I know will Debbie, through um, the responsibility that uh, will be shared with her. Uh, she has an exciting future, and we do too. Um, so uh, whilst we will have heavy hearts, let's celebrate all that's been, and let's look forward to the future with that sense of expectation. I'm grateful to Debbie for allowing me to come this evening, um, because uh, some years ago now, about five or six years ago, when I was an archdeacon for the first time, I had lots of people asking me, why when a vicar... Um, uh, either uh, resigns to go on to another post or retires, or retires. why does it take so long to get another one? And I remember thinking, I don't know, but it doesn't make sense, does it? And I had all these stories from head teachers and other professionals and say, saying, you know, well, when, when we give notice of resignation, um, you know, we, 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 we start the ball rolling to appoint somebody else so that there's a sort of seamless transition. Um, I asked that question, and I didn't really get any decent answers. And since I've been trying to peddle something which resembles um, a system as close as possible to the one that we're used to in the secular world, there are one or two little problems, um, which is that we've sort of usually got to do some jobs on the house and that sort of stuff uh, in between clergy. Um, but not only do, do I think it can be frustrating, um, once again, um, a chap called Bob Jackson, who's a retired archdeacon, did some empirical research which showed that um, almost without exception, uh, vacancy was a time of decline. There were very, very few cases where a church saw growth. And I think that sort of reinforces the sense of the importance of a leader to hold the vision before people. Um, so I'm here this evening just to tell you a little bit about how the process works and um, to, to talk to you about a timescale. Um, most importantly, let's talk about the timescale for this evening. I'm going to speak for about 10 minutes maximum, and then there'll be opportunity for questions afterwards. Um, so just to walk through um, what, what's going to happen, one of the questions, one of the first questions um, is uh, who's in charge during a vacancy. Um, and the really good news is that following um, uh, Debbie's departure, uh, the people who will be legally responsible for the parish are the area dean and, and the uh, church wardens. Now, there's a problem there, because <laughs> we're losing an area dean as well as a, as a vicar. Um, that appointment will be made fairly quickly, um, but it may be um, that I should be acting area dean for a little time. Um, and uh, I'll do my best to support you in every way I can. Um, we are, however, very mindful that we have, um, a, a, a relatively speaking, uh, we, ha we are well-resourced with a superb ministry team here. Of course, I was delighted to license David as associate vicar, um, and so uh, we'll be looking to David and the ministry team to do as much as they can during the vacancy, but obviously there might be, there might be little adjustments that need, need to be made 
um, uh, obviously as a result of just being uh, one full-time member of staff down. Um, so how then beyond that is a new vicar chosen? Formally, there are six people who will be on the interview panel, um, and they will consist of the patron, which in your case is Selwyn College, Cambridge. We've already spoken to Hugh Shilson Thomas, who was on the panel when Debbie was appointed. Uh, so he said, I'm getting to know Warnish quite well. Um, and then the lead bishop will be Bishop Joe, myself, uh, the area dean, if we have one. If not, I'll be asking if I can have two votes. Um, the parish representatives, which I'll come on to in a moment. Um, and generally speaking, I mean, that's, it's a panel of six, uh, but, but the most important voice is that of the parish representatives. So we will never appoint somebody against the will of the parish representatives. In fact, there's a sort of, um, there's a sort of understanding that unless the patron and the parish reps and the bishop are in, in agreement, it can't happen because the parish representatives can refuse to accept the nomination, the bishop can refuse to license the person, and the patron can refuse to present the person. So we all need to be in agreement. But there's a, there's a, although it's an archaic system, there's a sort of safety in it, um, which is that we look after ourselves. And of course, the most important thing is that, we, that together we hear the voice of God, because this is ultimately about God's choice, and that's really paramount. Interviews, although um, there is a formal interview panel, they take place over two days. Um, and the formal interview is the last part of that process. On the first day, there's an informal opportunity for candidates to see around the parish, to visit schools, and to see something of the life of the church. Um, on the evening of the first day, there is um, a sort of social occasion which has been nicknamed in the trade death by quiche. Um, and that's an opportunity for PCC and stakeholders um, to come together and, and, and just to informally meet the candidates. Um, and there's an opportunity for them to feed back their reflections. So although there's an interview panel, there's a sort of an opportunity for um, wider um, representatives within the church to be part of it as well. Um, Debbie will tell you that when we interviewed for Ewhurst, we involved the school and the children, um, which was really interesting. So uh, uh, the, the, the candidates there actually, um, we don't do that always, but the candidates there actually uh, led an assembly too because the school was such an important part of the church. So we, we try and be creative and we try and uh, explore gifts as best as we can. So that's very briefly, the that's very briefly how um, the process works. It needs to be undergirded with prayer. So it's really, really important that, um, that we all pray as a church. I know that Shottermill, um, uh, they, they were unfortunate. We didn't, we, didn't, um, manage to short, we didn't manage to appoint rather the first time round. But they had a group who, that met on a Monday night to pray through the vacancy. Um, and we just know that that was so key to the whole process. And God was, as always, faithful. So, um, the bottom line, what's the time scale? Um, I've been in conversation today with Alex and with Debbie 
Um, and to be quite honest, I haven't managed to catch up with, with Guy. We did try and connect. Um, the, the, slight, the slight problem we have is that um, we're always a little bit careful about the summer months. Um, the summer months can, can be sort of a fallow period. We, you know, a lot of people go offline at the end of, of July and, um, uh, and sort of vacation happens up until the beginning of September. So um, the question was really whether we, um, whether we attempt to uh, interview before summer or whether actually we wait and advertise in September. My sense is, and I'm sort of possibly influencing this, my sense is that we might go before summer. Um, there are quite a few reasons for that. I mean, the first is that obviously if we leave until after the summer, um, then it would mean sort of advertising in September, and it does delay the process by quite a bit. There are some other reasons, um, one of which is that um, curacies are currently um, just being signed off. And I have spoken to Debbie about, um, we, we will often ask whether um, a parish is a suitable church for a first incumbency. And of course, it was Debbie's first incumbency and she feels that, um, that that would be suitable. We've got a lot of really talented people who are coming to the end of curacy now. So it might be that um, this is quite a good time to go to advert. Um, and the second thing is that I'm also conscious of um, implications for families. It's not inconceivable um, that it co could, an appointment could coincide with the beginning of an academic year. So for those reasons, um, you know, if, I, think, I think I'm guided by you. If you were to say, actually, um, you know, we think it would be better to wait until September, then that's, that's fine. Um, but I think my sense is that, um, that I might suggest we go for an earlier um, time scale. If anybody, if anybody wants to, <laughs> if anybody feels strongly, please do, you know, um, I think it's really important that we, we, we talk about it together and it's an opportunity for you as a church family to say um, we feel comfortable with that. Um, what are the disadvantages of doing that? Well, it, there's, there's, one, there's one large piece of work that we need to do. It's not actually that large. Um, and it's the putting together the parish profile. So let me just finish by saying something about that. Um, in the same way that if you're buying a house, or you're used to, it's all online now, um, you would, you, you would you'd go to the estate agent and you'd have particulars. It's the same with a, with a parish. So we would, we would produce a profile, which is a sort of description of um, Wanish and Blackheath. There's a framework for the profile. It's divided into three parts. So um, the first part will have a diocesan input, um, and that will contain a, a letter from Bishop Andrew and um, some words from myself saying it's the best parish in Surrey and that sort of thing. <laughs> it's a bit difficult when you say that in every case. But, um, uh, and sort of giving a, giving a bit of a sort of wider perspective. And then the main part of the profile is really a description of the parish. And um, I've got lots of examples, so it's not a, um, it's not a sort of 
starting from, from square one on the drawing board. Um, there's a lot of stuff to help you do this. Um, that sort of stuff that we can begin yesterday, um, the first and the second section. The third section is the slightly more tricky bit, um, and that's the person specification. And that demands quite a bit of thinking. There's always a tightrope when you're putting together a person specification for a parish. Um, there, is, there are the extremes um, where you might say, well, it doesn't matter who it is as long as they're nice, you know. Um, and then there's the other extreme that says, we want our next vicar to do A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Um, and you've decided what's going to happen before they arrive. We need to sort of try and walk a middle way which is to allow the person who's coming in to discern vision with you, to work with you, and that takes time, um, to, 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 to work out what God is wanting you to be and to do in this next chapter. But actually, we need to have a sense of what some of those priorities are. Um, so it's not, not saying this is exactly what we want to do, but we think these are the priorities as we look forward. Now, because that's quite a, um, quite, a, quite a sort of skilled bit of work, I've already spoken to Danny Wignall, who's our mission advisor in the diocese, and it's one of the things that Danny offers. There's no, um, it's not compulsory in any way, but um, the way that we usually do it is that Danny will come in and he'll spend a sort of evening or a Saturday morning or whatever with you, and, and he would help you, in a sense, to write that. Um, so he'll, he'll facilitate it. Um, so he won't provide any answers, but he'll enable you to sort of um, to strike that middle line of working out what, what, priority, what the priorities are um, for the next chapter of your ministry. I'm going to stop there. Oh, no, actually, sorry, one last thing. So um, I've, brought some, I've brought some newsletters with me, um, and uh, this is a relatively new thing. People ask lots of questions. Everything that I've said this evening is on here, um, and they can just be given out to um, anybody who, who asks or left at the back of church or whatever. Um, the timetable, if we were to go before the summer, would look like this. So the first, um, the, the sort of first thing is my meeting with you tonight and just explaining the process. Um, I then need to sit down with with wardens, and we just work out exactly how we're going to put the profile together. Um, and usually that's a shared thing, so there'd be somebody who would sort of be the editor or whatever. Um, but, uh, you know, for example, the sort of section on, on ministry with um, children and young people, we'd expect the people who know most about that to, to help in putting that together. So it's a, it's a sort of shared thing, and, and uh, lots, of, lots of you, I suspect, would be asked to input into it. Um, so I'll sit down to, to, to organize that. We'd need to have a final draft of the profile by sort of early June. And I do this quite a lot, and I would say that very often when I give parishes the task to do it, it's often back in about three weeks. It's not a massive job. It's not as big as it sounds. Um, but that's, that's, the, that's the big piece of work that we've got to do. Um, following that, we would need to have um, the... The, this whole process is regulated by, by state law, um, by the English, um, by the um, Patronage Benefices Measure in 1986, and we've got to follow that process. 
And there's got to be um, then a Section 11 meeting, uh, which is a, a formal, and, and Section 11 meetings can last about sort of 120 seconds. Um, <laughs> all that we do at a Section 11 meeting is two things. We've got to sign off the profile. And it's quite important that we do that because that's the meeting where you as a church family say, yes, this is what we want in our new leader. And then that's the plumb line that we use um, because this isn't testing people for ordination. They've already been tested for that. It's working out what the exact gifts we need in, the, in, in people actually are. Um, so the Section 11 meeting, and, and the second thing we do in the Section 11 meeting is we decide on the representatives that are going to sit on the actual interview, interview panel. My sense is that it always makes sense that those people are the church wardens. And part of that is because the church warden's role, ancient role, is to be, in inverted commas, um, foremost in representing the lay people. So in, in many cases, it's the church warden. But in some cases, for good reason, the church wardens will say, we'd rather somebody else. Um, so you can choose anybody, but it's usually wardens. Um, we would then look to advertise the post. Um, it would probably go into the Church Times on the 14th and the 21st of June. The closing date for applications would be 1st of July. The short listing would be 4th of July. And the interviews would be the 10th and the 11th of July here in Wanash. I had a letter from the people of Greyshot a few weeks ago. Um, I had a letter complaining that um, their vacancy was too long. I think it was about five and a half months. And uh, I wrote back, and I apologized for this. But I did say, I'm scared of heights. And I did say to them, they had scaffolding up on their spire. And I was passing Greyshot. So I wrote back and I said, um, I'm really sorry, but if you find a parish that's had a shorter vacancy anywhere this year, I'll add Sail Daniel Tower. <laughs> um, so, it, it, as, as I say, I, I, I probably wouldn't have moved quite so quickly, um, but that's partly Debbie's cooperation, but also um, the sense that, obviously, if we, we've got the summer in the... Please, if anybody's got any questions, fire them at me. Yeah, we do. So we generally, they all come at once. And there's something slightly strange about that. Um, <laughs> because candidates get to meet each other. Um, and uh, we usually sort of, you know, we usually badge everybody. And some parishes will give the candidates a different badge. Because it has been known that people have gone up to PCC members and... Um, presumed that they were candidates. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so, so um, we, try and, we, we try and manage it well. So uh, on the first day, other than the sort of meal in the evening, we tend to get sort of a different chaperone. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll ask for volunteers in the parish and, and uh, you know, so, you know we'll, we'll get sort of four candidates. We'll get um, four, four people to, to sort of um, show them around separately. So... We try and manage it fairly tightly. Um, yeah. Um, 
Yeah, it's, it's the shortlist is usually a paper exercise. I mean, the really interesting thing is that um, my colleague Paul Breyer has been, been here slightly longer than I have, and Paul says that he's noticed um, a reduction in the number of applicants that, that we've seen in Guildford over the last sort of two years or so. Um, and I think there are lots of reasons for that. I don't think people are moving in the way that they did. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, I could talk about that for a long time, but, um, we're, we're, you know, the, the, I, I mean, it's really, really difficult to guess, but, um, you know, I can tell you, for example, that, um, that St. Peter's in Farnborough, which is one of our larger churches that we've just appointed to, had, um, about nine, ten applicants, so it wasn't difficult you know, as a paper exercise to, um, uh, to identify the four people that they wanted to speak to. And it's, the shortlisting is done, shortlisting is done by the same panel as, as, the, as the interview. That's the... Sorry. Yes, they are. Yes. Yeah, um, I mean, again, whether by God incidents, um, uh, lovely, I mean, I just only spoke to him on the phone, um, but um, Hugh Shilson Thomas, the, cha the chaplain at Selwyn, um, is flying out on tour with the cathedral choir to, with the chapel choir to America <coughs> the day after the interviews. <laughs> so, so he's away for quite a bit of the summer as well, yeah. But he was very happy to come the day before. Yes. Yeah, we do. What we tend to do, the, the, the formal interviews are about an hour, um, and we start with a presentation, and that's, that's usually chosen by, by parish. We, 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 um, and and uh, it, it's either on theme, uh, linking with a sort of person spec, or actually we've gone through a period lately of, of asking for quite a lot of homilies, um, and that's been really interesting too. Um, and then, um, oh, it's an interesting question. We then have, um, we usually have about, between about 12 and 15 questions that we ask. And there are, um, there was a book written by Claire Pedrick, who's done a lot of work in the church. It's called Great Making Great Appointments in the Church. And she speaks about three areas that are really important to explore in discernment, and we try and work through each of those. So the first is calling. You know, what, to what, sen you know, what, what sense do we have that this person is being, being called? Um, and it, you'd be surprised some of the interesting answers I've heard for that one. Um, uh, calling, then there's um, uh, competence, and what we're looking for in competence is really leadership, that's, that's the sort of key thing there. And then there's chemistry. And that's a really important one because, you know, I think the place of the gut in scripture, you know, very often in, in, in making decisions is, is quite important, those things that we, we, struggle, we, we struggle more to articulate. 
we've injected one other C into that, and it's criteria, and, and that's the sort of third section, um, and that looks at the person's spec. So it's really helpful when you draw, draw together an advert to have three or four points that really sharpen what you're looking for. And you know, I usually try and get those three or four points reflected in the questions. So that's, that, those are the sort of calling, competence, criteria, and chemistry. Those are the four things that we sort of intentionally look for. That's a lovely question. Um, on, on, this, um, on the back of this leaflet, um, it says, how can I help during the vacancy? Um, and I'm sure that Guy and Alex won't be short of ideas. Um, so uh, what I've got here is, is obviously prayers we've mentioned, um, our efforts um, and our time. And um, you know, there, will be, there will be things that, practical things that I'm sure um, uh, would be appreciated and, and, and wardens might be in a better place to, to suggest um, you know, those areas than me, obviously. Um, and, and reflections, too. Um, so particularly around when Danny comes to, to speak to you. I mean, that's a really important meeting. If you can't be here, then maybe just you know, sort of jot down some reflections, things that come to you. What do you think? You know, what, what do you think God might be calling you to prioritise in this next stage in ministry? Just some ideas. Should let, let Guy and Alex answer that one then. Is that okay? Anybody else got a burning question? Um, I'll leave these with you. Um, so these, as I say, they're, they're, um, I've got a slightly um, a thicker guide to vacancies for wardens, but I'm hoping to have a brief word with them afterwards um, that takes about three days to read <laughs> thanks Debbie and I'm, I, I really hope as well that I might get a Sunday on the road to during the vacancy too <laughs>